You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. And here he is, having the time of his life. We are back on The Pipeline Show. Final uh, final guest segment of this week's episode as we are recapping the CHL trade deadline. We did Q, we did the OHL, and now we head out west here in the uh, WHL. And, of course, all my, guess, all my WHL guests brought to you by dubnetwork.ca. Keep up to date on everything happening around the Western Hockey League with uh, dubnetwork.ca. My guest is uh, Lucas Pancari, who uh, writes up in uh, Prince Albert for the uh, Daily Herald. Uh, welcome back again to the program, Lucas. Uh, how, are, how are you on this busy transaction day? Well, we are live at the Art House Center as we record this. We're about 90 minutes away from the Prince Albert Raiders taking on the Prince George Cougars. We had a press conference with Curtis Hunter media availability with GM Curtis Hunt about an hour ago. So we're just sitting here waiting to see if any random trades come through in the middle of our chat, but we're Ready to go after what's been a pretty wild last couple of days, especially in this league. Well, the trade deadline has come and gone, I believe. I think we're past the deadline at this point, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Well, you never know. There could be the random trade that comes through at the last minute, all the Ryan Smith deal to the Islanders, or the Dawson Bartow deal, which was announced just a little while ago. Uh, fair, uh, that's fair. I, I suppose some of these, uh, maybe the paperwork just takes a little bit longer, and then the then it hits the uh, the WHL's website. But uh, for, boy, for the most part, uh, today as we're speaking on Friday, I was uh, yawning, waiting for something to happen. Uh, as we've gotten closer now, and and the deadline has come and gone. There's been some other trades that have happened. Uh, certainly, Everett was uh, involved, and in, and then the the Dawson Bartow one that you were just alluding to. But if we go back over the last week, uh, what's been the biggest deal in your mind? Obviously, Braden Tracy. I mean, look at that deal itself of Musha moving both him and Adam Evenoff to Victoria and able to get back three players, including a draft eligible netminder in Brock Gould and four draft picks, including that first in 2021. That was a lot of assets and moving parts in that deal. It felt like an OHL trade, kind of to speak. But yeah, it was interesting to see because Tracy, I was kind of a guy that I thought going into that line could be moved if they got the right price for him. I think they certainly did with the picks and that. But if you had told me the Victoria Royals were going to be the team to get Braden Tracy, I wouldn't have believed you until it happened. I, I'm in the same boat. I didn't see Victoria as a team that was going all in, and this is a move uh, that would indicate they're all in because, uh, I mean, Adam Ivanov, well, he's 19. He could be back next year. I don't know if Braden Tracy's back next year or not. He was in Anaheim for a while this year. so. It seems like it could be a, a more of a short-term uh, trade for them. But the assets they gave up, maybe they are expecting both of those guys back again next year. Well, even off, I think, will probably be back. The 2000 hasn't been signed or drafted yet. And you have Shane Farkas graduating. You move out a guy like Brock Gould. So you're going to have even off starting with a couple of their younger guys bowing in the wings. And with Tracy, I think they're thinking he comes back. Obviously, he had a, hand, a long look at Anaheim this past <laughs> season. I think it's time to wait and see how good he is this on Victoria that determines if he ends up coming back or not because there's been games when the Raiders played the Warriors where Tracy looks like a man amongst boys out there if he plays at that level then it's like ooh, I don't know if he's back but I mean you never know we didn't think Ty Smith was going to come back he ended up coming back the same with Cody Glass two years ago so I guess you run that risk that kind of deal but with Victoria I think it signals an intent so that hey we're not just maybe looking at making noise this year but potentially next year when you look at teams like Kelowna and Vancouver where they're going to lose some pieces in that BC division. All right, well, the team you're closest to, the Prince Albert Raiders, were active this week as well. And uh, funny how they made a couple of goaltender deals uh, along the way, actually three involving goaltenders. First, on the uh, 3rd of January, they pick up Keegan Karki, uh, and then four days later, they uh, trade Boston below us. And uh, then 
just a couple of days ago, they pick up Max Paddock and release Keegan Karkey. So uh, goaltending carousel in Prince Albert. Are they happy? Are they satisfied? Have they found their guy yet? I think with getting Max Paddock, they definitely have found their guy. And that was something that Curtis Hunt talked about in media availability just about an hour or so ago now. Uh, from what Curtis was saying, he and John Pack actually talked back in the summer originally about bringing in Max. They let it go a different direction. Then as of late, when the Raiders got a bit of a skid and Boston Blows were struggling a little bit, they looked at bringing him in. Price wasn't quite right the first time, so they brought in Keegan Karkey. And he had a really rough showing on Tuesday night, unfortunately, against the Red Deer Rebels. I think it kind of accelerated the process mm. to bring him in. And I think that's kind of when you brought in Keegan, and that's why you saw Boston move out and go to Moose Jaw, where, as it turns out, Boston's battling is going to be splitting time with Brock Wolf and the sounds of things to be the starter there. So it works out for him, but definitely with Max, obviously a guy that people saw what he did at Memorial Cup as a rookie in 2018, played really well there for that pass in that tournament. And he's had good showings along the way as well. He hasn't made the playoffs during his tenure since that Memorial Cup run. And as well, I mean, you give up a, a Ford and Jacob Brooks' draft from uh, two draft picks, one in 2020, one in 2020, a second rounder and a conditional third in 2022. But Max is probably back next year as well, barring, again, pro contract or drafted. And with the Raiders looking to hopefully contend in the East Division next year as well, you have your starting goalie set and have someone to mentor Carter Seryanko who came up from Midget AAA this year. So I think definitely from the sound of things from what Curtis Hunt said today, they're happy to bring in a guy like Max. And he'll make his debut here more than likely, unless Carter starts tonight uh, against the Cougars or tomorrow against Edmonton. Did you know where uh, Karki is ending up? At this point, no. Uh, it said he was in the rest release that came out on Friday or Thursday. It was going to be a team to be determined. Tough to say at this point, obviously, if he ends up in another junior team, probably not at this point, or he ends up going USHL route or NEHL route where he was before. So it's too bad because obviously a wild week for him. He was back up in Everett and then was traded to Prince Albert, got thrown in the line of fire against Winnipeg, uh, coming in for Boston below us, started the Sunday. Then he played the first game here on the Tuesday, and then he's gone on the Thursday. So, Unfortunately for him, all the circumstances went down that, and hopefully for his sake, a guy that finds a place to play here uh, in the next little while. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Lucas, so the, now the team in my backyard is the Edmonton Oil Kings. They didn't really do anything of significance here in the days leading up to the deadline, but got their business done a little bit earlier. Uh, they uh, picked up uh, Beck Warm from the Tri-City Americans as well as a Sam Stewart from the Americans in two separate deals, uh, but that was you know earlier uh, in uh, the new year. Uh, what did you make of what the Edmonton Oil Kings did, and is it enough to keep them in first place? Well, I mean, the way that Central Division is, you never know, but I think it definitely helps solidify things, especially bringing in Beck Warm, an experienced guy, to a platoon, or people with Sebastian Costa, the rookie in goal, especially with Todd Scott leaving. You bring in a guy that experience, and I think that helps, because we've seen some teams in the past, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't work out, and you have a young goalie coming in like that. Carl Stankowski won a league championship as a rookie. Stuart Skinner in his first year in the playoffs, second year in the league, ended up getting pulled for Jaden Titler on opening round series against Regina. So I don't think it hurts to have a guy like that and bring in a guy like Stuart as well to help on the on that blue line there. And I think what's going to be interesting there, just watching them going forward, I think going next little bit, is obviously you're going to lose some guy, but you keep that core intact of guys that can come back, the Costas, the Williamses, the Neighbors, the Gunthers, the Robertsons. So I think that was good on Edmonton's part. Obviously, they gave up a couple of picks, and they traded the rights to Carter Gielander, who's in the AJHL, but they didn't sell the farm, so to speak. And I think that's good for them going forward to keep that core there and some of those other exciting and talented are going to be 
there in the future. Now, I heard uh, the Punkeria hotline uh, dingling off there in the background. Was that just the uh, Ty Ettinger trade? <laughs> uh, you would be correct. It would be the uh, minor trade there with Ty Ettinger, the eight-round yeah. pick for the Victoria Royals. Yeah, not a groundbreaker there, but it is does involve the Winnipeg Ice, and they were involved with uh, one of the bigger deals here today uh, as they uh, passed off on six draft picks, four of them in the second round for Dawson Bartow and a couple mid-to-late round picks uh, from the Red Deer Rebels. Uh, that one really caught me by surprise. Uh, I, I expected Bartow could be available. I didn't think he was going to get that much back uh, in return from, for the Red Deer Rebels. To me, that's a great deal for Red Deer. Yeah, especially when you get, I mean, maybe it's me. I always like to get a body or a warm body or two, but for four second round picks, you can't complain about that. And from the ice perspective, getting a guy like Bartow in is big as well, because as recorders are battling with the PAs and the Brandon's in that for the division lead right now. And you bring in a guy like that who has that experience, that really helps a lot because, I mean, they have reached hard since 99, but a lot of their other guys, like Carson Lambos, for example, is an 03. So to bring in a guy like that who has some playoff experience too helps because the majority of that ice team, the Peyton Krebs's, the Michael Tepley's, the Owen Peterson's, uh, the Connor McLennan's, the guys who have been brought in as of, or have been there the whole time with the ice, they didn't make the playoffs with Kootenai, Pepe, for example, because he just came this year. So to bring in a guy who has that playoff experience, that I think is going to be a bigger help to them. Is the price a bit much? Maybe. But if you go to the second round or the third round and start to build things towards an ice team that could be really good over the next couple of years, I don't think you're complaining too much about that price. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, now, uh, when you look at teams who uh, were fairly quiet, uh, maybe are there two or three clubs that you thought you were going to hear from or maybe at least more from, more impactful moves? That didn't uh, for you. I was surprised that the Calgary Hitman didn't make a move in goal. Um, I thought that would be something that would happen here. Obviously, they made the move to trade Jonas Patera to Kelowna, um, but I thought maybe they'd go after a, a veteran goalie. Um, other teams, I mean, Leopards brought in Brett Davis. I thought maybe they'd do a little bit more, but at the same time, they made a lot of moves last year, like the Jake Lecision, Nick Henry trade. Right. Um, I thought Kelowna would make another move later that was impactful. Obviously, they brought in guys like Connor McDonald. They're getting Kyle Topping back. They brought in Matt Wedman. But some of the moves, like lately, the Tyson Feist deal, then also bringing in Paterik and that kind of thing. And Jared Newell's come in, who's like a seventh body almost. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, they still feel like they're a couple pieces away from really making impact. And Mem Cup time, we'll see. Portland stood pat, which surprised me a little bit, especially with ever making some of the moves they've had in the last little bit. So that was interesting there. But, yeah, probably Calgary and Gold. I, always, I thought that would be something they'd do, but maybe because now they lost. Igor Zamula, maybe, you know, that changes their course of action a little bit, knowing that he's now out for the rest of the season with that injury. Yeah, that is that is a huge blow to the hitmen, and I, I'm actually surprised they didn't try to fix that hole on the blue line as well. Um, I know they did a little bit of tinkering, but nothing of significance to, to try to replace a guy of his magnitude. Obviously a lot easier said than done, but I'm with you, a goalie, and I thought they'd try to get a defenseman as well, and uh, I thought a, a one-two punch maybe with uh, with Prince George, uh, but the Cougars were fairly quiet. And you know, a couple of the guys I thought might be available from Prince George obviously weren't, or the price was too high. The Cougars really don't do a whole lot. Well, to be fair, they did get a first-round pick from the Saskatoon Blades for Rhett Reinhardt. So now the Cougars, if you're looking for the long-term gain, now have three first-round picks in the 2020 draft. Their own. The one from Saskatoon, which they got from Vancouver in the Eric Florchuk trade, which Vancouver got from Medicine Hat in the Tyler Prezuzo Dylan Plouffe trade. It's a long winding circus, I know. And they also have a Portland first rounder from the Dennis Chowalski trade from two deadlines ago. So 
that's for a 2020 draft class that's really loaded from what everybody's saying. Yeah. That's pretty darn good free draft picks there. But yeah, I agree a little bit. I thought maybe a Cole Moberg would be somebody that defenses or team would look at looking for a defenseman. That's Say Calgary, for example, if they want a goalie, you kind of mentioned it. Do they go after a Taylor Goche? Which, I mean, he's a hometown kid. He's never played in the playoffs, but Taylor Goche is pretty highly touted. Looked at by Hockey Canada. So. But at the same time with Goche, I think that's a guy you could see maybe next year too because they have Tyler Brennan waiting in the wings. So kind of wait and see on there. But yeah, Fred George, maybe you thought would move a little bit more like you said, but we still, you get a first. I don't think you're complaining too much. No, that's a good point. And you're right. I overlooked that one for sure. I, you know, the, it, the, the names didn't really jump out at me and I, I don't know how much of an impact uh, Reinhardt's going to make in Saskatoon, but uh, they, uh, the blades do pay a, a big price there uh, to get his services. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Now you mentioned the Everett Silver tips in passing, but they, they've made one of the bigger trades here today. Uh, and it turns out to be a th- almost a three-way deal as uh, Martin Fasco Rudish goes from Everett to Swift Current temporarily, and then he's off to uh, Saskatoon. But uh, in return, the Everett Silvertips, I mean, they gave up four assets, but they get Ethan Regnier and Casper and Pudio uh, from the Swift Current Broncos. Didn't know there was going to be a whole lot left to pick off the carcass of the Broncos, but uh, Everett comes away with a, what they hope is an impactful defenseman and a center uh, to add some depth down the middle that they badly needed. Mm-hmm. And Renier is a Prince Albert kid, too, so obviously people here in Prince Albert were interested to see if that trade go down. And captain for the Broncos, the last guy that was left on the roster, from what I believe, from yeah. the 2018 team. So I think all that's left on that team still is the mascot and the banner. But anyway, um, but, so good pickup, though, get Renier, because it's interesting to see what he does there with some more talent around him, too, and a guy I think brings some intangibles there. And then bringing Casper in the top pick of the import draft, you know, that just adds another blue liner to Everett going forward, and you have him there now, um, and obviously you're going to lose guys potentially here, like Wyatt Wiley and Jay Christian are gone, maybe Johnny Fairbrother, but you have him and Owen Zulger and Ronan Steely. So, again, the Everett Silvertips with another good pipeline of defensemen once again. It'll be interesting to see how those guys fit in there with the Silvertips. They battle with Portland here for the uh, or division title in the U.S. Well, then there's a team like the Brandon Weekings who really don't do a whole lot today, and they're kind of in the middle of the, the, the standings. And, you know, a few years ago they were in that same situation, moved Cale Clegg, moved Tanner Kaspik, and this year they kind of hold steady. I was a bit – I was curious. I'm not going to say I was surprised they didn't move a guy like Luca Burzan, but um, I was curious and wondering if they would or not. They choose not to. Uh, your thoughts on Brandon? I think the fact that Brandon now is closed in on Prince Albert and – um, Winnipeg as of late maybe changed things a little bit. Obviously made a couple of minor moves. Johnny Hooker being traded to Prince George. Yeah. Uh, Bodie Hagen dealt to Swift Current. But yeah, Burzan was a guy that I thought maybe a team like the Kelowna Rockets would look at or something. Like a, him and Eric Florchett were kind of in that similar situation where there are 2,000 guys that could turn pro after the season. We'll see. Florchett still hasn't signed with the Capitals and Burzan still has one more year after this where he can sign with Colorado. But like you said, did not trade. I think it depended where they kind of were in the standings if they were going to trade them uh, or not with Luca Burzan. And I mean, you still have some good pieces coming back the next couple of years. The three first rounders they drafted from a year ago show up next season uh, from the Caspic and Clay trades that you had mentioned previously in 2018 when they sold. So it'll be interesting to see because you look at the East Division right now with those three teams, Saskatoon included. I don't know if there's a real clear cut favorite yet. And I think they all kind of want to avoid that four seed from the Central and the wild card if possible. So it'll be interesting to see. I think Brandon, with how they played as of late, maybe that's why you didn't see as much movement as maybe you could have a couple weeks ago if they were a little bit further back. 
did anybody in your mind significantly improve themselves uh, before the deadline this year, where they could take a you know a, a serious run at things, or did everybody that was near the top of their respective divisions kind of get um, I don't know comparatively better? I think Victoria definitely getting Tracy changes things a little bit as to maybe the expectations around them, yeah. how far they're going to go. Things we see because that Kamloops team looks really good, yeah. and Kelowna obviously they made their changes. I think Kelowna's improved, but they made those moves prior to the deadline or the Christmas roster freeze too. So I think those are kind of teams that I look at. And obviously I think Medicine Hat deal was a while ago, but getting a guy like Dylan Bluefin I think helps a lot with that defense too. So I would say those are the kind of moves there. The Kelowna's and the Vancouver's have improved, but still nobody that I would say is a clear cut contender as of yet that are super blows you away like a Prince Albert did maybe um, last year leading up to the deadline and then what Swift Current obviously did two years ago. Awesome. Lucas, thank you very much for your insight uh, and the uh, the rundown of everything that happened uh, this week here in the WHL with uh, the trade deadline. Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, I'll certainly be calling you before the end of the season and into the playoffs. Sounds good, Guy. We'll talk again soon. Lucas Puncari, who uh, is a beat writer covering the Prince Albert Raiders, defending champs. They were busy. Interesting, that car- goaltender carousel that we've seen over the last uh, 10 days or so around Prince Albert. Now, uh, we went through the Friday night action in the uh, Q and the OHL, and we'll do that here for the WHL as well. The uh, Brandon Wheat Kings beat Red Deer 2-1. Uh, Calgary loses at home. They get doubled up 4-2 by the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Uh, Kamloops 4-1 victors against the Kelowna Rockets. The Medicine Hat over Moose Jaw by a score of 5-2. Uh, Prince Albert, 2-1 winners at home to uh, Prince George, and I believe Bax Paddock was in net and was named first star of that contest. Uh, Saskatoon beats Edmonton in a shootout, uh, 2-1 the final. Spokane, 3-1 victors at home against the Vancouver Giants. And it was 80s night in Tri-City, 8-5 the score. Seattle beats Tri-City in uh, that contest, and uh, the Victoria Royals, an overtime goal by a newcomer, Braden Tracy. Gives Victoria a 2-1 overtime victory against the visiting Portland Winterhawks. There are 10 games in the WHL here on a Saturday, so uh, lots of lots of opportunity for players to uh, make new impressions and uh, first impressions with the fans and their new teammates. And we'll see as the stretch drive towards the playoffs really gets going now uh, after the CHL trade deadline. That wraps up this week's episode of the Pipeline Show. Thanks to all three of these uh, CHL guests that you heard from. Next week on the show, we are uh, definitely going to have a 2020 draft spotlight segment. If not, two. we got the CHL uh, top prospect game coming up rapidly. Uh, we're also, uh, we'll also have a U-Sports segment, an NCAA guest as well. Uh, things we haven't had on the show here in the last little bit. So definitely want to get back to that. Now that the World Junior and the CHL trade deadline are in the rearview mirror, the uh, this time of year we start looking ahead to the uh, with the stretch drive in the NCAA. A lot of the Canadians who are in contention for the Hobie Baker Award, as those nominations will start coming out. And we always put the uh, we like to put the Canadian spin on, on it when we're talking about the NCAA. So one of the things that makes the Pipeline Show unique. Anyway, between now and next week's show, get out and watch some junior or college hockey so that you and I can talk about it next week right here on the Pipeline Show. Until then, my name is Guy Flaming. See ya.